0: What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Tuesday edition of Fantasy MLB today. We're a sports ethos presentation, of course. And I'm your host, Joe O'Rico. You can find me on Twitter at Joe ORico99 and also at Ethos Fantasy BB. E-T-H-O-S Fantasy BB. We post all of our new podcasts, articles, different news and notes from our writers, and all of our baseball content in general there. Once again, Ethos Fantasy BB. If you're not on Twitter, then please go to sportsethos.com. That's where you'll get all of our content, including our recently released and always being updated uh, NFL draft guide. The NBA one isn't out yet, but we're not far off from basketball season either. And that's really our bread and butter at Sports Ethos. If you've been around for a while, you'll know we used to be hoopball. Uh, hoopball.com, we used to be strictly basketball until about two years ago uh, when I came and disrupted everything with baseball. But basketball is still our bread and butter. It's what we have the most people working on. We have Dan, we have Dan Bespris, uh, Aaron Bruski at the top of the order there, uh, putting out their lists, their content, their podcasts. So definitely be checking out sportsethos.com if you're somebody who's into fantasy basketball. I know where the baseball product, we're fairly new, and I wouldn't go out there and say, I am put out the best baseball product in the world because I know I don't. I'm still learning. Uh but our basketball product is legitimately a top of the market product. There's no bullshit there. Uh so if you are a fantasy basketball person, you need to be checking it out there. At, once again at sportsethos.com. Now I have been under the weather the last week. That's why you guys have been getting the recordings from the live show that I did last Tuesday. It was a week ago, actually now. Uh so apologies for the lack of new content over this last week. I came down with something. If you guys listened to the live show and if you heard it back, uh I was sick. On that, like, I woke up sick on Tuesday morning. I didn't really, you know, I, I felt fine going to bed Monday evening, you know, excited for the show, and I wake up about 6 in the morning on Tuesday with a sore throat, and I think, oh, my God. I went and had a big cup of tea, went back to bed for an hour or two, and then woke up, and it was even worse. So I would just, was a bad break, right? I don't, I mean, I have some kind of sore throats here and there. Sometimes I'll have a cough, you guys know, but I was actually, like, legitimately sick off of this last week, like, in bed kind of sick, so... You guys were going to get them on the podcast side anyway, the live shows, but I did also want to put out a couple of subsequent episodes last week to talk about the trade deadline, but it's okay. Uh, There was a ton of coverage we did and our guys did. Uh, If you haven't heard them, then please go back and listen to those pods. There was a lot of fun. We had 18 or 19 guests, I can't remember now, from around the fantasy industry, and there is a cough. I'm not 100% out of the woods. Uh, but please go ahead and listen to those podcasts or go check it out on YouTube if you want to see our actual faces. Don't really recommend that. Uh, but the content was really good. We had a lot of fun. We were going through the trades of the day. It wasn't you know, a crazy busy day uh, in terms of the trade deadline. Last year, I think there was a lot more activity, especially after the deadline finished. Last year, there was a couple of trades that came out of the it was like Merrifield and Rizal Iglesias. And there was a couple of trades that were bigger last year. Overall, it was more fun last year, I think. But uh, we had a great time this year as well. Uh, but that's enough of an intro for rambling out of me. Uh, we're going to be doing a mailbag today because we haven't done one in a while. I know you guys do like those. It is Tuesday, and Tuesday's my long work day. I did get back to work today after being off because, like, like I said, I was sick. Um, so it was a long day, but we are doing the mailbag here. I think we got about uh, 12 or 15 questions we're going to get through. And let's start right now with a question from Gabriel, who always posts questions here uh, when we do have a mailbag. So he is saying he's got a six-keeper, ten-man league. I already have these, and I want to keep them. Adley Rushman, Austin Riley, Michael Harris, and Yuri Perez. Makes sense. Uh, having doubts about what two players to keep from this four. So Zach Geloff, Justin Steele, Grayson Rodriguez, and Bryce Miller. For me, uh, Grayson Rodriguez is very clearly one of them. Uh, you, we've already seen him kind of take some steps since he's been called back up. He looks a lot better than he did in the first half. And we always knew that it was going to turn around for Grayson. We always always knew that there was absolute stud tier potential there. Number one prospect, and yada, yada, yada. And he's actually pitching tonight uh, through four innings. He's given up uh, at this point two earned runs against Houston. He's got two strikeouts, but it's been a, a really good stretch going back to that Tampa start and, you know, against Tampa, New York, Toronto, and Houston. He's done well. Uh, you know, it's the middle of this Houston start, so hopefully nothing happens here because you never should talk about pitchers during the start or anybody during the game, really. But he's been really, really excellent over these last few weeks. So Grayson for sure. And then I think you have to go with Justin Steele there. And, you know, uh, Bryce Miller potentially could be better in the long term he's you know a very highly rated prospect but Justin Steele now for the last two years has given us elite work like last year I think people didn't really fully believe it even though it was 119 innings a 318 ERA he was solid with the strikeouts everything was really good I don't know if people bought in necessarily this year over 121 innings about the same as he had last year he's cut the ERA he's cut the whip the strikeouts are a little bit less but about the same uh, and he's doing that. what he's doing, nearly a top 25 fantasy player this season. So you ha- he, I think he has to be a keeper. It has to be uh, Steele and Rodriguez. Zach Geloff, I like okay. I just don't know that the fantasy upside, especially if you're talking about you a know, one- or two-year keeper, is really going to be that high necessarily in the Oakland lineup. Again, if he's at the top, then he, he can still be fine. And what we've seen so far in 77 at-bats is five homers and six steals with a 260 average. Very good uh, but I don't think I could justify putting him ahead of the other dudes that you got there. Uh, especially, you know, you got three position players and one pitcher in that previous grouping. I mean, I, I don't know that I would take another uh, position player in Gel. I don't know if Geloff, off, and especially in a 10-man league, I just can't see him being one of six keepers. So uh, I would go with Steele and Grayson Rodriguez there. Uh, Mark, Mark is another guy who also frequently asked que- ask questions here. Uh, Would you move Sandy Alcantara for Dansby Swanson's 12-man dynasty and team is lacking in the RBI and home runs department? I don't know that I would give up on on him for that price. I don't know if Sandy is somebody that I would want to be trading for Dansby Swanson. As much as Dansby Swanson is a solid player, more so in real life than fantasy, I think, uh, especially this year with the steals kind of coming down, the batting average has been pretty good, uh, but he's not like a... Potential stud for your fantasy team. The best case scenario is he's really, really good. And last year he put up studly numbers, but a big part of that was also the 99 runs and the 96 RBIs that he put up at the top of the Atlanta order. You know that whoever was batting there, not to take anything away from him, but you know you stick, you know Joe Blow in there at the top of the Atlanta order, and they're going to have 80 runs and 80 RBIs probably. Uh, so I don't mean to take away from him, but we've seen you know the the regression that has come from the counting stats being in a worse lineup. He's probably going to end up with somewhere in the 70-some-odd run, 70-some-odd RBI range, which is very good for a shortstop. For anybody, it's fine. Uh, But I don't know that you could put him ahead of Sandy Alcantara just because we know the upside with Sandy is the best pitcher in baseball. We saw it last year. He was arguably the best pitcher in baseball. Now, he had a really good run there, a couple starts, uh, Tampa and Philadelphia in particular. Last time out against Texas, it wasn't as good. It was four earned runs on six hits. It's the toughest lineup in baseball, though, so I'm not going to hold too much against him. He's got the Yankees next time out, uh, so we'll be looking for more of what we've seen from Sandy uh, over those previous two starts. Over the last month, we're talking 35 innings, a sub-3 ERA, one whip. He, he has that elite potential. So if you do want to sell him, I wouldn't recommend selling him at all right now because I don't think the price is right in Dynasty. But I, I think that if you're, you could probably just wait on it. Honestly, like I, I just don't, I don't see the need uh, to make that kind of move. You're lacking an RBI and home run. I don't know that Dansby's the big RBI guy for you necessarily, or home runs. I just don't think that that's a move that's going to make sense in the long term uh, for your team there to trade Sandy Alcantara for Dansby Swanson. Thoughts on Mitch Keller and Carlos Rodon? Are they drops? I'm not there yet. Uh, I I can't get there yet, specifically with Rodon because I feel like he just needs a bit of time. With Keller, I'd be more inclined to drop Keller than Rodon at this point because, well, it's been bad for a while, but then he also lost his catcher at the trade deadline, Austin Hedges. I'm not actually sure about how the splits work out, about how often he caught Keller in particular, but um, Austin Hedges is one of the more well-renowned framers um, slash pitchers catcher kind of guy in baseball. Not having him behind the plate anymore, having to go with the young guys that they got back there, I I don't know that that's conducive to a lot of success. I still think that he's going to be better than what we've seen these last few times out. It's been horrendous, and he's pitching today, and, I mean, of course, it's Atlanta, and it has not been a great run uh, so far tonight, but I don't think we can drop him yet. I think that you're still looking at a guy who's going to strike out a lot of batters, 25 26%, decent walk rate. And all the pitching indicators are better than the actual ERA. So, I mean, you're talking about somebody with all their pitching indicators below four. That's not something you see very often. 388 Sierra to go along with a 378 XFIP, a 390 FIP, and a 394 XERA. All of them below four usually means good things. Above league average strikeout rate, below league average walk rate. I'm still there with Mitch Keller. BABIP and left on base percentage pretty much right at the league average. 304 and 70% uh, respectively there. So I can't, I can't get behind dropping him just yet. Carlos Rodon has been dreadful. Like, there's, there's no denying it. Carlos Rodon has been awful, and people are dropping. People are dropping both of them. Uh, if you go to Yahoo! Leagues, Keller's down to 72% when he was well into the 90s for most of the year, and Carlos Rodon right now is at 76%. Now, he is on the IL. He does have a hamstring strain. That's not enough for me to drop him necessarily. If you have no IL spots and you're absolutely desperate, and that, that, this is what I said in my response, because I'll usually answer these on Twitter and then I'll expand on the podcast. I said, I wouldn't yes, unless, I wouldn't yet unless you're absolutely flush with pitching and desperately need the roster space. So I just, you know, with Rodon, he's going to continue throwing while he's on the IL. This is a hamstring. This is not something that's in an elbow or shoulder or forearm or whatever. I don't see this as being a massive setback. Yes, it's annoying. You have to go a couple weeks without him. But if anything, it might just let him catch his breath a little bit and just look back on what hasn't gone right so far this season because nothing really has. He's been injured the whole damn time. Now that he's come back, he was excited. We were all excited for him. And in six games, his ERA is 733. It's been, a, it's been a train wreck. But we know the talent is that of a top five starting pitcher in baseball. I think it is. A lot of people would agree with me there. Rodon is ridiculous. I wouldn't be dropping him yet unless you are in a serious roster crunch. You have no or limited IL spots, and he is the worst player that you got to cut. I, I don't see that being a likely situation for a lot of people, but if that is the case, then sure, cut him. Uh, I just don't see that being the case for a lot of people. Uh, the upside there is incredibly high, and I I just can't see myself uh, wanting to cut them unless it was a desperation move. Uh, we got a question here saying, I'm in first place by a comfortable margin. It's, it's 100% I'll make the playoffs in my head-to-head category league. I'm stockpiling starting pitchers and stashing IL players for a deep playoff run. Any tips and strategies given my situation to make sure I win this whole thing? Well, head-to-head, you're never going to be able to guarantee you win anything. It's a crapshoot. It's it's like the Major League Baseball playoffs themselves, right? The better team does not always come out on top. It's the playoffs in general, but specifically baseball, hockey, the randomness that you see from those postseasons, even football. Because basketball, you can, you know, the one seed versus the eight seed in basketball, you're going to win. The one seed's going to win. Very rarely, and I think it actually happened this last year or the year before, where the one seed... I think it was the Miami Heat that took out the... I can't even remember anymore, honestly. I've kind of zoned out of basketball. Um, But you don't ever have a guarantee. So to say, like, set myself up to win this thing for sure, I wouldn't be getting into that mentality. I'd say you put yourself in a good position to compete. Even if you are the number one team, don't get ahead of yourself. I would say if what you're doing right now is stockpiling, starting pitchers, and stashing IL players, I haven't really done this myself yet, which we'll be doing on the show over the next few weeks. I'm not going to put a specific date on it because I do want to have all the data ready. But start looking towards those last couple weeks of September and start looking at your... I, I mean, everybody's playoffs probably start, if, unless you just leave it at the default. I think they start you know, the second week of September, first week of September. Uh, but check when your specific playoffs start. You never know if the commissioners moved it around one week back, one week forward. Who knows if they even told you commissioners can be, can be weird people sometimes. Uh, but I would make sure you know what's going on, when the playoffs start, and if you're stockpiling starting pitchers, start looking at schedules. Start looking at who's playing Oakland those weeks. Who's playing... Pittsburgh, who's playing Detroit? Who's playing teams of that ilk where you think you can, you know, get a good stream? Maybe it's you know t- you're talking a ten-team league here as well. There's probably going to be some decent arms that are out there that are going to have some decent matchups during those weeks. Now you can also shoot yourself in the foot dropping certain players, picking up somebody because I think that he's going to have a good week in three weeks from now, four weeks from now. The schedules change. He could go on the IL, push back a day, sent down, called up, six-man rotation, bullpen day. You never, you never. Know. I might have said bullpen day twice there. Um, but you just never know fully, so you can, you know, don't make too many of those moves. Don't be setting your whole rotation now, dropping players that are helping you now because you think that somebody has a good matchup a month from now. I wouldn't do that, but I do think you can start taking a look at certain situations, especially in a league that's shallow. There's a lot of options on the waiver wire. Take a look and see who has good matchups for those last couple weeks. That would be the best piece of advice I can give you there uh, if you're going to stockpile starting pitchers. Uh, Rest of the season, Bryce Elder or Mitch Keller, I'd have to go with Mitch Keller still. Bryce Elder has really not been great recently. He pitches for a much better team, but the strikeouts are a lot lower. I I said my answer was it's close. Uh, Keller, but very close, actually, is what I said here. Um, I think you could go either way, in all honesty, but it would be Keller just because of the strikeouts for me, I think. Elder also has just not been that great recently. Uh, Would you try and sell Jaron Duran what's a reasonable return? I'm not selling him unless you're getting an offer that blows you away for Jaron Duran. I think the sky's the limit for him. You know, early in the year, there was some concern about him not playing every single day, but now he pretty much does. He sat yesterday, but he's back in the lineup today, leading off. He pretty much leads off every day. He's gotten 307, 23 stolen bases, eight home runs. He's been fantastic. I wouldn't sell him unless you're getting a great offer, in all honesty. Um, Where else we got here? Charlie Morton or Gavin Williams? I'll take Gavin Williams. He's looked really good, been trending upwards. Where Morton is kind of trending in the other way, he's also getting a little bit on in years. I'll take Gavin Williams there. Um, it's pretty close, on all honesty. Uh, but Williams is my guy in that question. Uh, Stash, Tink Hens, And also, should I buy low on Randy? Tink Hens? I don't see the Cardinals making a push and calling him up this season. I just don't see that. Uh, he's in double-A. They're not competitive this season. They're not going to be a team that is going to make the postseason. They're not going to be a team that's even you know playing meaningful games pretty soon. They're already not meaningful games. Uh, I don't see him coming up. If there is any chance, it would be for the last couple weeks of the year, maybe, to get a couple starts in. Uh, but even then, I don't really expect it. Um, and the other part of the question is, Randy Rosarena, should I buy low? Yeah, uh, I would buy low on Randy Rosarena if you can. I mean, most people are approaching their trading deadlines right now. But Randy's been piss poor for the last month. We know he is way better than the 253 average, 18 homers, 12 steals. We saw it to start the year, how incredible he was. He was like, that. maybe there might have even been a point where he was the number one player in fantasy. Like He was a top five player for a little while. It wasn't a long time, but he was amazing. Uh, definitely somebody I'd be buying low on if the price is right. But that's going to do it for me. There was a few questions as well that got deleted because sometimes people, I guess they're in their leagues and I can still see my answers to the question, but I can't remember exactly. Like I see, I answered William Contreras for one. It was a list of catchers. Choose one I chose William Contreras. Uh, The other one, oh yeah, this one's deleted, but I remember it. The guy uh, asked if he should trade Bryce Elder for Gunnar Henderson. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. If you can do that, redraft dynasty, whatever it is. I am doing that 100% of the time. I don't care about team need. Take Gunnar Henderson there over Bryce Elder. Uh, But that'll do it for us, guys. Again, I appreciate all you hanging out here, asking your questions. It always makes it more fun when there's more interaction on Twitter, so I really appreciate that. Uh, I want to announce, too, I'll be on the Roto-Wire Fantasy Baseball Podcast on Thursday with Jeff Erickson. We'll be talking some Blue Jays. We'll be talking some American League East in general, probably some other topics as well. Uh, so if you guys listen to the Rotowire podcast, you'll get to hear Little Old Me on Thursday. If you don't, go check it out. Uh, Jeff and I are sure to have a lot of fun. Uh, he was just on our trade deadline show last week, talking Reds, talking everything with Jeff. Uh, it's always a great time. So make sure you're subscribing to the Rotowire feed. Make sure you're subscribing to this pod. Uh, and go check us out over on Twitter at EthosFantasyBB. You can find my account at JoeRico99 and all of our great content otherwise at SportsEthos.com. Guys, we're back tomorrow. We'll talk rest of week streamers will talk about some other news and notes uh, i was about to say rest of season streamers but that doesn't really make a hell of a lot of sense uh, at the beginning of august we'll talk some streamers we'll talk about some news and notes hopefully there's a few things that go on around the baseball world uh but other than that hope you guys have a great night enjoy your evening and we will see you tomorrow cheers